I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to this episode of Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about heroes. We're going to talk about heroic action taken by ordinary men and women uh, in the line of duty and outside the line of duty, just in their everyday lives. We will talk about individuals who have seen something and they have sprung to action and their action has resulted in the saving of human life and the saving of homes and property. Now, uh, what am I talking about? First and foremost, of course, we need to talk about this fire. The number of fires which burned across the state of Utah this past weekend. I had, I had a wonderful weekend. I had a wonderful weekend. And then, <clears throat> as, the, as the days ticked by, I started getting the, uh, the alerts sent to my phone from KSL News Radio and various agencies around the state talking about the, the fire at Traverse Mountain and then the Knowles fire, and the rest. And when I saw some of that Chopper 5 footage of what was happening at Traverse Mountain and then later at the Knowles fire, I thought, oh my gosh, those poor people. Those poor people, there is no way. I'm no fire expert, but as I see this footage, as I see this footage, I, 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 there's no way that those homes will be spared. Well, you know what? In a miraculous combination of weather and circumstance, and more than anything, uh, the smarts and hard work and the fast action of fire crews and volunteers and professionals, right now it looks like uh, not one life has been lost, no homes lost at Traverse Mountain, one home destroyed at the Knowles Fire, but beyond that, for the most part, those 13,000 evacuated residents of Saratoga Springs will most likely this afternoon be able to return home and sleep safely in their homes. Now, uh, many of their fences are melted out back. The fire did get pretty close. <laughs> uh, but as I said, there were many men and women who sprang to action, uh, both in the uniform of firefighters and also civilians. In fact, uh, Robin Garfield, you know her. She works here at uh, KSL News Radio. She encountered a story uh, which took place uh, in combating this Knowles fire in Saratoga Springs. You know about how back burning works and fire lines and such like that. If you uh, destroy all of the fuel available to a fire, well, you can stop or at least slow the progress of that fire. That's done by uh, sometimes overturning you know, the, the dry plants, letting the soil come to the top. Fire has a hard time jumping over that. And there was a, a man who understood that principle, uh, a resident 
of the Saratoga Springs area who sprang to action. And Robin spent the morning speaking with this gentleman. Uh, Robin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Lee? Tell us this uh, miraculous story. What happened? You know, this is one of those stories that you hear. And and the man, I just want to say right off the bat, did not want to be identified. Uh, And you'll you'll see why possibly during the course... (laughs) of this retailing, but sure. he does not want to be considered a hero. He said he doesn't want the story to go viral. He just did what, what they always say, what anybody else would do. Uh, so it's a resident of, of one of the neighborhoods that was being threatened by the fire. And this man saw the fire growing closer and closer to his homes, his neighbor's homes, his, uh, his friend's homes. And he asked the fire department, he said, hey, I have access to this giant bulldozer. Uh, can I go please and plow over some of these trees, some of this brush, some of this grass, and get rid of this in the fire department? Apparently, there's a certification process for for plowing a fire line. Um, and, and they, you know, following protocol, they said, no, 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 we'll take care of it, we'll take care of it. Uh, well, he finally, as the flames got closer, he said, nope. I'm just going to, I'm going to over, I'm going to override that directive. And he went, and the other part of the story he didn't want to be identified is that he may or may not have had uh, permission to use this bulldozer. It didn't belong to him. So he jumped in in a bulldozer that was nearby his home and he started just plowing over, over trees, all of the stuff that was in the way that uh, combustibles that could have uh, consumed all of these homes. There's a line and he told me the line, there's probably 30, 40 homes down the street, and he went down uh, the full length of the homes in their backyards and the fields, and he he doesn't want to consider this, you know, he, he just said, I just did what anybody would have done, but more than likely, he saved at least 30 to 40 homes in this neighborhood, if not more, because if they'd have, if they'd have caught fire, it would have gone and gone in, you know, a chain reaction. Uh, and so he, he jumped in, he, he plowed all these fields and he said, I, someone shared this story on Facebook and now it's going viral. I didn't want this to go viral. I just wanted to stay quiet. I didn't want my story to be told. Well, I do know that from what has been posted on social media, that that whole neighborhood is very grateful uh, to him and his actions. And while he may not refer to himself as a hero, I do know that the neighbors are calling him a hero. So uh, that's a wonderful, touching thing. And hopefully if there was any uh, bit of, uh, I don't know, impropriety or anything like that, uh, the results will speak for themselves and and vindicate his actions. He spoke to the owner of the bulldozer and they said, you know what, in the circumstances, we're glad you did it. Just don't identify who we are. Outstanding. That, outstanding. That, that's good to hear. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. Robin, thank you. A- anything else on this story? No, he said that they do attribute the change in the winds as probably another factor that saved a lot of those homes. Right at, at the peak of the fire, the winds changed as he was plowing that fire line, and the combination of the two turned the fire around and really kept him out of those homes. So that's the last piece of info there. Outstanding. Robin, thank you so much. You're welcome. As today's program continues, we're going to be looking at uh, some of the news that we just heard moments ago from uh, Nick Wyatt that the evacuation order is expected to be lifted this afternoon for those 13,000 displaced residents of Saratoga Springs. Now, they will still be remaining under an evacuation warning, meaning that you got to stay on guard. you got to be ready to, if things should flare up again, if weather should change dramatically, if winds should shift, uh, be ready to uh, again flee your home, but uh, the highest of expectations is that that order will be lifted this afternoon. KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson will join us in the next segment to give us some details on that. Before we go to break, though, I want to share with you uh, some of the information that we've gotten from individuals, in particular uh, Joe Doherty. You have come to know his name. He's the Director of Public Affairs at the Utah Department of Public Safety, and As you know, 2020 has been an odd year. We've been throwing a number of curveballs. And so as this community in Saratoga Springs faces this Knowles fire, 
How do you safely evacuate an area and then gather together in some sort of temporary shelter or gathering place while still adhering to what we know to be these very important uh, coronavirus uh, tactics? Well, uh, Joe Doherty addressed that on the program. If you have to evacuate, please bring those masks with you. Um, please maintain social distancing. If you don't feel comfortable going into a shelter, uh, the Red Cross was very clear saying, listen, you can park in your car outside and we will bring supplies to you. Now, Joe also said that they have seen a number of people wearing masks while evacuating, but would like to see more. That mask wearing is important. We've been really uh, glad to see how many people are wearing masks uh, over the weekend. We've seen a big uptick in the number of people doing that. So, so please continue to do that if you have to evacuate. I understand now that there will be a press conference in about 15 minutes from right now. Just after 1 o'clock, Saratoga Springs officials will be delivering an update on the fire. Uh, there have also been developments in the evacuation restrictions. In the next segment, though, uh, we'll be hearing from Paul Nelson, who will deliver all of the changes related to evacuations. That's ahead on today's program. I also want to tell you uh, about a conversation I am anxious to have. It is with a pair of brothers. You heard on this radio program just last Thursday that there was a plane crash in Centerville. The tragic outcome of that being that the pilot lost his life, the passenger right now fighting for his own life. But there were two brothers driving by who saw the plane come down. And they pulled over and ran towards the danger. We're going to have a chance to speak to those brothers and hear their story, what they observed and any lessons they may have learned and would like to pass on to others. That's ahead on today's episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Fires are scary things. Fires are terrifying things. Uh, so many factors at play. So many things could change the outcome of any one of these events. The weather, the whim of the fire, the fuel available, uh, tactics taken or not taken by those combating the fire. It uh, is an absolute miracle, in my humble opinion, that we here in Utah over the past few days at Traverse Mountain, at Saratoga Springs and elsewhere have been able to essentially avoid uh, much of the worst damage that can be caused by a fire. Traverse Mountain, all homes were spared, all lives were spared. Saratoga Springs, uh, right now, as latest reported, one home destroyed uh, a number of fences and some smaller structures, but uh, for the most part, the 13,000 residents who have been evacuated uh, will be able to return to upstanding homes. And that is, of course, uh, in large part due to the wonderful and heroic work undertaken by uh, firefighters as well as the luck of the weather. Joining me now uh, to give us an update on those evacuation orders and anything else he's observing from the field is KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson. Paul, sir, how are you? I'm hanging in there, sir. How about yourself? Uh, I'm all right. W where are you exactly? Well, good. Well, I am at Sage Elementary, and this is in uh, Saratoga Springs, and we are getting uh, word that we're going to have a press conference at about 1 o'clock where we will get the official uh, um, interviews saying that the evacuation orders have actually been lifted. Matter of fact, Saratoga Springs tweeted out not too long ago that they are lifting those restrictions. However, they're warning people that the fire activity is still you know, possible that they're going to have to be evacuated again. So it's a situation where people are being allowed to go home, um, but just kind of being told, uh, keep in mind, you might be asked to leave once again. 
Have there been any updates uh, for, that you have come to learn of regarding destruction of property or structures or anything like that? I was aware of this one home which was destroyed, unoccupied at the time, but beyond that, uh, I, I'm in the dark. What have you learned? Well, basically, uh, we're kind of at the same situation when it comes to uh, structures being damaged. As a matter of fact, the last thing that said that uh, all evacuated residents may return home still under warning. Fire remains at 25% contained. Redwood Road still closed going south at Harbor Parkway. So it appears that if, if, um, whatever kind of damage count that we're expecting to get, it may have actually stayed kind of where it was. But, again, uh, we might get more information uh, at about 1 o'clock this afternoon. Some of the footage from Chopper 5 and other uh, aircraft looking down on these fires is absolutely stunning. You can see where the fire approaches uh, the the neighborhoods and just on a dime appears to stop. But we have since learned, of course, that uh, much of that is thanks in part to uh, the work of firefighters digging fire lines and back burning areas so that there would be no fuel available to this progressing fire. Uh, Paul, I'm grateful to you uh, for your reporting here and look back. Look forward to checking in with you uh, after this press conference here today expected just after one o'clock by officials in saratoga springs yeah um and and the um one thing that you that saratoga springs officials are actually looking into now they do know that there were a lot of people that said that they had only uh, had to wait a couple hours just to get out of here because redwood road is basically the only north south road and so they're also calling on um udot officials to kind of help them out they've been asking for mountain view corridor to extend down to Saratoga Springs for a while now, and they're saying that something like this kind of highlights the need to have more roads out of Saratoga Springs. Yeah, that makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, we'll likely see conversations like that flare up, uh, <laughs> to, to use that phrase, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do see that extension coming. Uh, anything else, Paul, we should be aware of? Um, well, as far as like the update on the fire, like I said, uh, we are um, uh, just trying to hear the latest uh, from the city officials very soon. But another that we talked about, um, we had a chance to talk to somebody who is evacuated, who did test positive for COVID-19. And we were wondering, OK, what happens? To him? Oh Where does he go? Um, and because he can't go to the evacuation centers and, you know, he's supposed to be staying isolated. But the problem is he can't isolate himself in his house. So, um, but one thing that city of Red Cross officials did tell me is that in situations like this, counties, lots of counties actually do have um, uh, hotel rooms set aside specifically for COVID-19 patients just in case they can't, you know, isolate themselves any other way. So uh, check with county officials, check with Red Cross officials, anybody who might be, uh, you know, stricken with this virus already, um, check with them to see if there's any chance you could find out how you can register for a hotel room that is designated specifically for COVID-19 patients. Now, I, I understand that 13,000-some-odd residents of Saratoga Springs have been evacuated, but that uh, the, the number of those taking advantage of Red Cross resources dramatically less than that. Where are the rest going? A lot of them just decide. Uh, this happens all the time where um, people just decide to either get a hotel room on their own or they um, very frequently just stay with family. That seems to be the biggest thing. Every single time when I've gone to any kind of evacuation center and I meet with people who uh, go in to you know, get some, maybe some supplies, some food, and some water, the vast majority of them tell me that they're just going to go stay with family. And uh, it appears that that's what happened here today. I, I saw in some of the parking lots there nearby, near the facilities, I've seen campers and RVs and such like that. People also take advantage of, uh, of their recreational vehicles. 
I saw that. Yeah, lots of times they do that because they have to bring their dogs and you know whatever pets they have. So, um, so yeah, lots of times they will kind of take advantage of their RVs, but uh, for the most part, they make some phone calls and arrange a place to stay on their own. And but because of COVID nineteen restrictions, um, the Red Cross can't let you actually sleep at the evacuation center anymore. So that's a. So that's the situation now. Mm-hmm. Uh, KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson. Sir, I'll let you get uh, going, ready for this press conference, expected to be delivered by Saratoga Springs officials just after 1 o'clock here upcoming. Thank you, sir. Thank you. One of the things before we go to this press conference I want to share with you is the limited information we know about how these fires started. It is expected or is it is suspected that the Traverse Mountain fire which is now uh, under control or at least not uh, threatening to life or structure, was started by illegal use of fireworks. Now, the cause of the Knowles fire is still being investigated. We don't yet know. But what the Traverse Mountain experience does teach us is that there are those uh, who are unclear or unwilling to abide by the, the rules in place by the state and the various municipalities. So I want to, for these uh, few minutes here, share with you uh, some of these rules. You may be unaware of them. Uh, Robin Hayden of uh, KSL 5 Television did a wonderful piece which walks through very basically, no frills. These are the rules. These are what you must abide by. Here are some suggestions on firework safety, and here's what you ought to do when it comes time to discard uh, your used fireworks. So I'm going to run through these real quickly so that you know and so that you may also transmit this information to anyone you may know, say, in your family or in your circle of friends who, as the 4th of July approaches and later on down the road, the 24th of July approaches, will know exactly what is expected of you when it comes to the law and enjoying these fireworks, but doing so Safely. Here we go. Every city has restrictions regarding when fireworks allowed. Most cities allow fireworks from July 2nd to July 5th. That's 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. midnight on July 4th. Check with your check your city's restrictions here. So if you are uncertain, you check with your city. Uh, and if you don't find it on a website, make a phone call. This information is important to have. All right. Uh, check for restricted areas. Listen, if you live in the foothills or in high fire danger areas, fireworks may be restricted altogether. Fireworks are prohibited in all state parks, all state and federal forest lands, and many city parks. And Class C fireworks are not allowed in Utah. Class C include bottle rockets, sky rockets, and any rocket mounted on a wire or stick. Fireworks that explode, including firecrackers, M80s, Roman candles, and those aerial fireworks that contain more than 500 grams of pyrotechnic material. I'm going to post uh, this information on my Facebook page, so please click your way over there, Lee Lonsberry. You'll see the live mic logo in the corner of my profile picture. Click on here. You'll be able to check your city's restrictions. You'll also be able to encounter uh, a more comprehensive list of these Class C fireworks, which I've just described in part here. All right, moving on. Aerial fireworks, which are sold in Utah stores, known as multiple tube, cake, or repeater fireworks, are allowed. But you are, of course, urged to follow all safety instructions listed by the manufacturer. Never use homemade fireworks. Never use homemade fireworks. 
some of the safety guidelines, put your pets inside, always supervise children, and have water handy, a bucket uh, or a hose. And there ought to be a designated adult wearing safety glasses uh, who lights these fireworks. And when you're done, place your spent fireworks in a bucket of water for several hours before discarding. The, these safety parameters here and the laws are in place to avoid exactly what took place at Traverse Mountain. The suspicion is that it was fireworks, the improper use of fireworks that led to that threatening fire. I drove over there yesterday to have a look at things. It's a miracle, a miracle that that fire didn't approach closer to homes there, burning them to the ground, displacing residents. I have friends and family who live up there. I'm grateful to firefighters to have pulled off that miracle, defending all that property and saving lives. And as we continue to follow the progress of the Knowles fire, we're going to cross our fingers and hope for the same outcome. We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, it is expected that we will tune into a press conference hosted by officials with Saratoga Springs, giving us the latest information on the Knowles fire, including a change in evacuation restrictions. That's coming up on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.